So when I talk about courage, you know, I, I talk about courage coming in many forms. You know, sometimes courage means speaking up, but sometimes it's being silent. You know, sometimes it's standing up for what you believe in. Sometimes it's surrendering and just trusting that God's in control. And courage is powerful and it can change a situation, but courage coupled with wisdom, that can change a generation. And I talk about, you know, that in my book about the power of what true, to me, what true God honoring courage looks like and what true courage looks like. And it's, it's knowing, honestly, it's not even really about me that I'm a part of something so much bigger than myself. And so when I step out, when I speak up, when I take a stand for what I believe in, it's really for the betterment of those around me. It's really to make a difference in the world around me. I'm Doug Bopes, personal trainer, best-selling author, and entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help others become the best version of themselves. So I'd like to welcome you to the Adversity Advantage podcast, where we will help you use obstacles, failures, and setbacks to give you that edge needed for success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life on how they overcame trials and turned them into triumphs. So please sit back, relax, and get ready to be absolutely blown away by some of the wisdom and stories you're about to hear. Welcome back to another episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes, and today's guest is Maddie Pruitt. Maddie is most notably known for being a finalist on season 24 on NBC's The Bachelor in 2020. But what is most compelling about her is what she did before to prepare for that experience and how she has responded after. She now uses her social media platform of nearly 4 million to encourage and inspire others to stay true to themselves and become courageous regardless of the peer pressure or challenge that they are facing. Maddie takes this same message to the next level in her new book, Made for This Moment, Standing Firm with Strength, Grace, and Courage. This book provides a behind-the-scenes look at how she navigated personal hardships in her life, along with powerful insight on how to develop unshakable confidence, break free from labels, and become the most authentic version of yourself. Some of the things that we discussed today that I think you're really going to appreciate are the moment when Maddie knew that her faith was real and not just something that she did because of her parents. We're going to get into how she avoided easily accessible things like drugs, alcohol, et cetera, in college after growing up in such a disciplined home. Maddie's going to share why it's so important to prepare for hard times and challenges and how to do it and also how to handle unexpected moments of challenge. We're going to talk about how to become fearless and more accepting of what life throws at you. Maddie's going to reveal lessons learned from being on The Bachelor and how it helped her conquer her biggest fears. We're also going to get into the three keys that help Maddie remain confident during moments of adversity and how she has turned her pain into purpose. We're also going to get into what to do in the days that you're feeling unmotivated and so much more. So let's get this conversation going and welcome Maddie Pruitt to the Adversity Advantage podcast. Maddie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm super pumped to chat with you for a variety of reasons, but I think I want to start with this question to kind of get things started. So what irritates you more when you tell somebody you're from Alabama and they say roll tide or when someone asks you why you walked off The Bachelor? That's a really, really good question because both are very irritating. <laughs> I would say, oh gosh. I mean, honestly, I would have to go with, I'm so used to the Alabama one. I would have to say it's more irritating when people who don't know me just immediately like start asking me all these questions about my personal life or, you know, why did you go on The Bachelor? Why did you walk off The Bachelor? You know, the people that are just like passing you on the side of the road and like they don't even like be like, hey, how are you doing? It's just like, why did you walk away from The Bachelor? And you're like, what? 
<laughs> that would probably be, that would probably be more irritating to me than just someone saying right right well cool I, i'm it's, I'm glad to hear you say that because <laughs> I, I know i know how that rivalry is and i know the tension it is intense now growing up my entire life i was not allowed to say roll tide that was like cuss words in our in our yeah. house yeah. so we were not allowed to say that it was a very big very big deal yeah no i i understand as i was saying before I hit the record button that I have clients that are just diehard Auburn fans and I'm not allowed to bring up Alabama or when I talked about going to speak to the Clemson football team, it was almost like I got, I got like no praise and I was like, all right, all right, fair, fair. I won't bring it up. But with that said, I, I want to get into your story a little bit so people can understand like why you ended up walking off the bachelor in a more, I guess, indirect way. And I guess a good place for us to start is I know your relationship with Jesus and your, and your faith in God is the foundation of everything you believe in, everything that you're going after in your life. And I know you grew up in a household that emulated that, but there's a lot of people that do. And I think for some, what happens is it just becomes who they are just because they think that's what they should do because of their family. So when, when was that moment for you when you knew that having faith wasn't just about what your parents wanted for you, but it was actually what you believe for yourself? I love that point because I think that actually a lot of people view, you know, having a religion or a belief in something bigger than yourself. It's because of, you know, I don't know, some form of just feeling like you have to or it's some tradition or it's your family. And maybe that is the case for some people, but at least for me, like it's going to be really hard for me to want to give my life to something and base my decisions and choices on something just because other people are telling me that I should. Like, it's got to be a conviction from within me and something that I feel really strongly and passionate about in order for it to be really the foundation of my life. And so for me, you know, I grew up in a Christian household, kind of like you alluded to. I had, you know, two parents who not only, you know, talked about their love for Christ, but they walked it out and they surrounded themselves with individuals who also did that. And so it was something that I saw, you know, from a young age that I wanted, you know, for myself. But I would say in high school, I kind of lost that relationship and it did become a little bit more, you know, rules and reputation based. I just really cared a lot more about what other people thought about me rather than the actual condition of my heart and my actual relationship with Christ. And so that was kind of a, you know, season of my life where it became a lot more performance based. I was constantly striving, constantly looking for validation and affirmation in other people and in other things. And for me, where that kind of, where I broke free from that was really first uh, semester of college. And I remember being in my dorm room all alone. No one was close by. My family wasn't there. My friends weren't there. And I knew I was going to be faced with a lot of pressures and temptations in that season of my life, being fully on my own and, you know, having to make some big decisions and big choices, not just, you know, what, what do I want to do with my life, but also who do I want to surround myself with? Who do I want to be? What kind of person do I want to be? What kind of life do I want to live? And I knew I was going to have the freedom to make those choices for myself in that season of my life. And so I wanted to make them with conviction and I wanted to make them with purpose rather than just going off of the pressures around me or, you know, off of the feelings in the moment. And so that day in my dorm room, I made a decision to go all in with Jesus and it not be just, you know, oh, it's my parents' religion or it's, 
you know, this thing that I've been told that I should do because I'm in the South, you know, it's actually something that I really want to try for myself and I want to see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so I went all in, I started serving at my church, joined like a small group of people and just put myself in a community of other individuals who believed like me and were trying to live this life like I was trying to go after and live. And really that, that just changed everything for me. And it was in that season where I discovered, you know, who I was, what I believed, what my purpose was. And when I really was able to kind of lay that foundation and then start building on that. So that was kind of the transformational moment for me where it was no longer other people's religion, but really my own personal decision, choice and relationship that I began to pursue. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so amazing and super inspirational that you were able to make that decision on your own at a time that I think is so pivotal for many people in those in those years. And I kind of want to dive into that a little bit more because you hear a lot about the forbidden fruit syndrome where you have kids that are in the home that, you know, there's strict rules or maybe they're in, the, in a religious setting where they're not allowed to do certain things. And then once they are opened up to this whole new world where they go off to college, it becomes like a kid in the candy store where they're like, oh my gosh, I can have all these treats that I never had before, whether it be drugs, alcohol, sex, whatever. And I know for you, a pivotal thing was your relationship with Jesus, but there's a lot of people that maybe you're listening to this or that'll see this on YouTube that don't have that strong rooted foundation in, in their faith yet, or maybe won't. So with that said, were there any other things that you found like different things you would do or tell yourself in the moments where you felt tempted to go out and party or go out and do things that weren't aligned with yourself that helped you get through those times? Yeah, I love that question because I do think that a lot of people are like, okay, that's fine. That that makes sense for you, Maddie. Like maybe because you grew up in this family or you grew up, you know, in the South where, you know, religion or faith was a big part of culture. And I, and I do think, of course, that does play a role. But I think wherever you are in your life, no matter how you were raised, no matter what you're faced with today, like you can make a choice and a decision for yourself for the kind of life that you ultimately want and the kind of life that you want to live and the kind of person that you want to be. And I think you just have to ask yourself those questions and then be honest with yourself. And for me, that's what it took, even though I was raised a certain way. And I did have, you know, honestly, in the South, I feel like it is even a little bit harder because a lot of people are religious, but it's a lot more kind of what I was saying for me, what that high school, you know, moment was like of just like, it's more, you know, reputation based and rules based where, you know, you do this or you look this way, therefore you are this but it has nothing to do with an actual relationship and conviction. And so for me, it was honestly hard to kind of shake free from that and really figure it out for myself. And so I encourage, you know, anyone who may be listening to this or watching this, no matter where you find yourself, no matter what you've done, what you've been through, you can make a decision for yourself right here and right now that you were made for this moment right here, right now, not for the moments of yesterday, not for the moments of tomorrow, but whatever moment you're in right now, like you can make choices for yourself and decide the kind of life that you want to live. And so for me, that was that moment in college. And of course, you know, I think along the way, after I made that decision, there was a lot that I learned. Like it doesn't just all like come to you right there in that moment and just becomes easy by any means. There were still, and there still are today, like pressures and temptations that I face where sometimes I don't get it right. And then sometimes where I do, but it's really, really hard. And so I totally get it. And I'm not immune to those things just because I made that decision years ago. 
And I think one thing that has really helped me and one thing that I talk about in my book is the power of pre-deciding. Really outside of the heat of the moment is when you're making those decisions and deciding what do I value most? What kind of a person do I want to be? Who am I? What do I really believe? And when you have that foundation and you're confident in that and each day you're investing in that and you're building on that foundation, it makes it so much easier when you are in moments of pressure to stay true to that. Whereas I feel like what happens so often is we see so many people, and I've done this, so this is not me, you know, judging by any means, but I think we see so often people put themselves in environments of pressure, just hoping they have what it takes to stand firm and, you know, stay true to, you know, who they hope to be or who their parents are. But the truth is, if we are if we aren't so solid in our foundation outside of the moments of pressure, it's going to be impossible to stand firm in the moments of pressure. And so that's what I try and talk about a lot in my book is we actually have the power, you know, in the everyday small moments when the pressure isn't there and in the private time, in the hidden moments when no one's around to really ask ourselves those questions. What do I value most? Not what do I value in the heat of the moment or what is everybody else doing, but what do I value most? What kind of a person do I want to be? What kind of life do I want to live? What do I believe? And then really in that moment, deciding and then presenting yourself with some scenarios. Okay, I know because this is the kind of person that I want to be and this is the kind of life I want to live. This might be presented to me. I might be in these moments of pressure. I might be faced with this. What am I going to do in those moments? And then pre-deciding. And I think we can look at, you know, some of the greatest people of all time, like some of the greatest athletes, some of the greatest artists, you know, all these different people groups and people that have made a huge, you know, drop in the bucket and, and impact on this world. And those kinds of people practice, they pre-decide, they, you know, warm up, they do whatever it takes so that in the moments of pressure, when all eyes are on them, they already know who they are and what they're going to do. And I think that that stands true to us. And so that's an encouragement that I have to those. And that's what's helped me is when people say, you know, how are you able with all eyes on you? How are you able to stand firm and stay true to yourself? And I'm able to say, of course, yes, my my belief in Jesus and, and him giving me that strength. But there's also a responsibility that we have. And for me, that looked like really stewarding well those everyday moments and everyday decisions, those private life battles, battling and, and, and fighting for my identity, fighting for my purpose, making the hard choices when no one was around, laying that solid foundation and building on that. Like that's what really set me up for success and gave me the ability to stay true to myself in those moments of pressure. Yeah. And I, and I love what you said in the book, and I, I'm going to butcher this, but it's something along the lines of, when pressure hits, when it's inside of you will be displayed on the outside or something like that. Like I like to frame it as like your external world reflects how you feel about yourself internally. So if you feel like crap about yourself, your relationships will probably be crappy. You're the way you take care of yourself. You're the way you feel about your job and everything else. But if you really feel true about yourself and you feel great about who you are as a person, your relationship with God, your relationship with your faith, your relationship with the universe, whatever you believe in, like then you have like this guide to help you go through these other areas of your life. And you're able to decide because you feel so good about yourself, like, like what's for you and what's not for you. And I know that, that one of the things that you have said, that's a, a big foundation of dealing with pressure is like your relationship, obviously with God and who you are as a person and what you stand for. 
But I know sometimes like life can throw these unexpected challenges that we can't prepare for and that you're forced to, in a way, respond with emotion. And I know you've experienced that multiple times in your life. So like, what are some of your best, best practices for moments like that, where you're faced with something that you totally didn't expect and you really, you could prepare for it, but you, you probably thought like, man, I didn't see this coming. So I love that question because that is the reality of, of life, right? right. There's so presenting ourselves with so many scenarios, but there's going to be moments that make us, break us, challenge us, change us, that, that are going to attempt to, in some way, shape or form, pressure us. And it is hard sometimes to, I guess, to be fully prepared. And here's what I would say to that, even to kind of correlate it to, you know, fitness or sports is in a way, you know, how we prepare for the big game we may not know the exact play, like we can study film, but we may not know the exact plays that the other team's going to run. We may not know exactly, you know, who's going to be the lead scorer of that night or, you know, what that game is going to look like, but we can do our part in preparing beforehand by making sure we're ready, by making sure we're in shape, by scouting out the other team, by making sure we have our plays down. And so I say that to say when it comes to life, even though we may not know the exact scenario, we may not, not know exactly what's going to, you know, knock at us or moments that, you know, try and challenge us or cause us to compromise who we are, or what we believe, what we can have control over and how we can be prepared is, you know, the moments long before when we are practicing, when we are preparing, when we are investing in ourselves and getting ready for whatever moments may come. Because yeah, there's going to be some scenarios we can't prepare for and some scenarios we have no idea that are going to come. But what we can, you know, be prepared for in a sense is when you know who you are, when you know what you believe, when you know what you value most, it's going to always come back down to that. And there are going to be some scenarios, of course, where emotions are going to take over and you're going to feel it so deeply. But I think for me, one thing that has been really crucial for me is like in those moments, and I'm not perfect at this by any means, I do not always do this right. But what I try to do is in those moments, really ask myself and really like just say a little prayer, like, God, okay, what, what should I do in this moment? What, like, how should I respond? Because I always want to be a person who responds rather than reacts. I think it's really easy in our world today to just like react to all these things. Everyone feels entitled to share their opinions. Everyone feels entitled to make their voice known. But for me, I want to respond in a way that not only represents God, but also in a way that it benefits those around me. And so that's how I'm trying to process in moments when, you know, I feel maybe attacked, when I feel hurt, when I feel like there's been injustice towards me or towards those around me or whatever the situation may be is to really take that moment and be like, okay, God, how should I respond in this moment? What do I really value? And how can I say something in a way that I'm still standing up for me and what I believe in, but I'm doing it in a way where it's receptive to those around me and it's still beneficial to those around me and it still honors God. And so for me, I try and have those moments. Again, I'm not perfect in that, but I think that if we had people, if we had a generation, if we had a world that took time to actually take a step back and pray about it and let it sink in and then ask, how can I respond in a manner that's actually going to be fruitful instead of just reacting or instead of just going off of emotion in the heat of the moment? I think we would see instead of a cancel culture, I think we would see a culture that honors and respects each other and respects other people's emotions, feelings, 
and values rather than just being so quick to judge or quick to attack back or quick to react because we feel insecure or inferior. And I think that's what we see so often is people just reacting in the heat of the moment. And so my encouragement would be take a step back, take a second, digest it. If you want to pray about it, that's what I do. Take a second to just pray about it and then ask yourself, how can I respond in a worthy manner in this moment? Yeah, there's so much there. And we're going to unpack that a little bit in a second. But I think another big part of that is is acceptance too. And knowing that, like you said, you're not perfect and you're going to make mistakes and knowing that that's part of the process. It's part of the journey. And you have two choices when you experience failure. You can look at it as something that is there to weigh you down and say, oh my gosh, this is going to you know define me for the rest of my life. Or you can look at it and say like, wow, like what did I learn in this situation about myself? How can I use this as a tool for growth, not only to help myself, but maybe like to help a friend, to help a loved one, to help, you know, somebody on social media, whatever that is. And, and people need to remember, like, if you've never failed, it means that you've never tried. If you never tried, it means you never took a chance. If you ever took a chance, it means you didn't believe in yourself. And if you didn't believe in yourself, you didn't have any faith. And I think that's the important thing to remember is having faith in yourself and believing in yourself. And, and I always tell people this when they're afraid of taking a chance, whether it's like the simple example is somebody who's looking to ask somebody out. I'm like, would you rather be rejected by them, but also know that you took a chance and believed in yourself to ask that person out? Or would you rather reject yourself from the beginning because you don't believe in yourself enough to ask that person out, right? And I think when people can shift their perspective and look at it that way, like game over, things change. And another thing, which is gonna lead me into uh, my next thing I wanna talk to you about that you you do when you're able to move through these tough situations is you work that courage muscle, right? Like I, I know you believe and I believe in the importance of working these non-physical muscles. And, and you started off your book with a quote from Bethany Hamilton, and it said something like this. It was like, courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let fear stop you. So why was that quote so important to you? And what was one moment where you really had to be courageous and, and overcome a fear that didn't involve The Bachelor? We will get you back to this episode of the Adversity Advantage in just one second, but first wanted to give a quick shout out to Danette May and Earth Echo Foods. Danette was a past guest on the podcast and shared her incredible story and how it inspired her to create her products such as Cacao Bliss, which I take every day, either in my coffee or in a smoothie. It starts with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then it's blended with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to keto, gluten-free, paleo, vegan, and vegetarian diets. So go to earthechofoods.com forward slash Doug Again, EarthEchoFoods.com forward slash Doug Bopes. Check it out for yourself and learn more about the amazing benefits of Cacao Bliss. And when you enter in the promo code Doug at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Now back to the show. So I, I love that quote. It's one of my favorite quotes. And I think it stands out to me because so many people never step into the fullness of what God has for them. They never step into the fullness of what life has for them because they're so afraid of failure. They're so afraid of the unknown and they're so afraid of what other people think. And I think we're seeing so many people, you know, just settle for safe and settle for mediocrity or settle for what everyone else is doing because they're being led by fear. They're being led by that spirit of fear. 
And for me, it, it really took a lot to confront that spirit of fear that I felt like was really directing a lot of my choices, really causing me to come from this place of lack and from this place of feeling like, okay, I constantly need to latch on to other people and other things, hoping that they will complete me, hoping that they will give me satisfaction, hopefully hoping that they will give me fulfillment and purpose. And I was, and, and because of that, I was constantly afraid. Like, what if they reject me? What if they don't accept me? What if I don't belong? You know, all these what ifs, all the fear of the what ifs. And I think I see so many people around me and I can pick up on it because I struggle and have struggled with it in the past. And so for me, I was coming from a place of writing that from a place of I get it. And really that's like most of my book is coming from a place of I get it. It's not like I'm perfect. I have it figured out, but rather I get it. And this is something that, you know, I've had to learn through the process. And so when I talk about courage, you know, I, I talk about courage coming in many forms. You know, sometimes courage means speaking up, but sometimes it's being silent. You know, sometimes it's standing up for what you believe in. Sometimes it's surrendering and just trusting that God's in control. And courage is powerful and it can change a situation, but courage coupled with wisdom, that can change a generation. And I talk about, you know, that in my book about the power of what true, to me, what true God-honoring courage looks like and what true courage looks like. And it's, it's knowing, honestly, it's not even really about me, that I'm a part of something so much bigger than myself. And so when I step out, when I speak up, when I take a stand for what I believe in, it's really for the betterment of those around me. It's really to make a difference in the world around me. And so for me, even saying yes to going on reality TV, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because yes, the fear of the what ifs, but also fear of what other people thought. And I had so many people who did not agree with that whatsoever. I had a lot of the church just totally, you know, come against me making me feel like, oh, you're not a true Christian. You didn't really hear from God. You know, you like, you wouldn't go on a show like that if you really believed who you believed. And a lot of just persecution from the church. But I also had a lot of opinions from people who weren't believers and who weren't followers of Jesus. And a lot of, you know, other parts of the world who did not agree with my decision to go on the show either. So I felt this weird tension in between of really being attacked from both sides. And that was really hard for me for a while, you know, and just really caring, caring a lot about what other people thought. And I had to get to this place where I was like, you know what, I have to give an account for my life. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. I have to give an account for my decisions, my life, my words, my actions. And that's what matters. And so I'm going to choose to to walk in the fullness of what I feel like God has for me and in the purpose for which he's you know, prepared for me rather than be so concerned about what other people think about me. And I think so many people never get to that point because they're just, they're so afraid. They're so bound by that fear. And so I wanted to write in my book, I wanted to, you know, share my story, but also give practical steps and tools of what it looks like to be able to break free of that fear and to be able to step into courage. And that doesn't mean that we totally neglect the feelings of fear. Like I have feelings of fear still to this day, all the time. And it's not me saying, oh, they're not there and I'm running from them, but rather saying, no, they're actually there, but I'm just not going to let those feelings of fear stop me from what God has for me. Mm. So well said. And man, the Christian community can be so judgy sometimes. And I've had issues with this too, because I feel that the the reason, like people don't hate Jesus, people don't like Christians. And I think that becomes the problem where the people who, and I mean, trust me, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I have many friends that are Christians, but this is one of my things is that 
if you're going to take the stand of being part of an establishment that doesn't judge others, then don't, you shouldn't judge others when maybe it's something you don't agree with, or maybe it's something you share a different opinion with, because otherwise, like that's what turns people away. And with that said, you talked about like one of your fears, your biggest fears in, in your book of you care, caring about what other people think. Like looking back now on your experience with The Bachelor, do you think that part of your purpose of, for going on that show was so that God could expose this fear of yours for you in the biggest way possible of how you put yourself out there for you to be able to not only overcome that, but use that experience to help other people? Absolutely. I think that for me, one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout this entire process, and it's so countercultural, like it's, it definitely is not what other people would be like, oh, that's, that's nice. Like I want, I want to, I want to think like that. But for me, the biggest thing has been realizing that actually none of this is even about me. Like Mm -hmm. none of this is about me. This life is not about me. My life is not about me. And for me, that was kind of the the revelation and groundbreaking, like just, I guess, like perspective that I experienced through this process. I think it's very easy to make life about you, obviously, and to care so much about what other people think. And, you know, either way, whether you're constantly prideful and think you're all that in a bag of chips or whether you're super insecure and walking around just always on edge and anxious and constantly wondering if people are going to accept you or reject you, either way, you're making it about you. And I had to learn in this season with all eyes on me and with a lot of opinions and a lot of voices, a lot of good, a lot of bad, how to live a life that wasn't about me and how to still just run my race well and not really look to the right and to the left or worry about what other people were saying, whether it was good or bad. I didn't want to walk around high and mighty making it about me or walk around insecure and fearful making it about me. And so that was one of the biggest things I think I learned through this experience was for me, you know, as a believer, and again, there's probably people listening who, you know, aren't on the same page and who aren't, you know, followers of, of, of Jesus. But for me, you know, being a follower of Christ means literally like saying, hey, this life is not about me, actually. Like this life is about honoring you and about loving other people. And if that is my main focus and my main goal, then I can't be constantly looking at like, oh, what other people think about me? What other people have to say about me? What can I get out of this? Instead, you know, think about, okay, God, everything you've given me, how can I bless other people? How can I give back? How can I add value to those around me? And so that's constantly, you know, what is going through my head. And for me, when I came off the show, it was looking for ways to do that. And I went, I honestly went silent for about five or six months. I didn't do any press. I didn't go out. I said no to a lot of opportunities. I honestly sat at home. And that was when I started, you know, really working on my book again and and signed with an agency and a publisher. And I felt like, that was God, you know, really showing me, hey, like all these opportunities and all these things, like it's not about you. I want you to remember who this is about and why you are in the place that you're at and why you have the platform that you have. And ultimately, it's led me to this opportunity to now be able to release a book that I'm praying and believe will speak to, you know, hundreds to thousands, maybe even millions of people that, you know, will hopefully encourage them and, and, and challenge them and transform their lives. And so, that to me is so much more important than, you know, just taking advantage of, of every opportunity around me. And I think that's something that we miss a lot is when we when we do make it about us 
So I would say that was probably one of the biggest things that I learned. And I do think that my faith and my trust in God was definitely tested in the most intense way in, in ways that I'll probably never be able to put into words that I couldn't even put into my book to the full extent, but it was definitely tested and just having to trust like, okay, God, you, I feel like you have called me to this. So you're going to sustain me through it. You're going to give me what I need through it and give me the strength, grace, and courage that I need to stay true to myself and stand firm in what I believe. Mm. So well said. And you included one of my favorite Bible verses in your book and it's uh, Genesis 50, 20, that kind of encapsulates some of what you just said. And it's, it goes, it says you intended to harm me, but God intended it uh, all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. And whether you're a Christian or not, I think, especially if you're in the personal development space, you can relate to this idea of purpose in the pain and knowing that even though you're a little bit in despair, you're not happy with where you are or what you did in the past, like it's being used for the greater good, right? And I think that's an important idea to kind of stand on. And so with that said, like a lot of people, when they get out of the madness, it's easier, I think, to look back and see like, wow, there was some meaning in this and what I went through. And I'm so happy that I went through it. But like when you're in the thick of it, it can be really, really challenging for a lot of people. And it actually can have people turn their back on God or have their people go back into more comforting, comforting situations. So what have been some of your best practices when you're in the thick of the adversity, when you're in the thick of the unknown? to be able to maintain your faith and know that there's, there's purpose in what you're going through? That is an amazing question. I think that, and I don't mean to sound redundant, but I, I do think that for me, it's really always going to go back to, you know, who I believe that I am. I think we make so many decisions and you even said this kind of earlier when we were talking, we make so many decisions from a place of who we believe that we are. And if we believe in ourselves, then we're not walking around, you know, hoping other people will believe in us or accept us because we're already so secure in who we are. And for me, it's going to always come back to that place of who do I believe that I am? And for me personally, because I believe in something bigger than myself, it's rather the question of who do I believe that God is and who do I believe, you know, that, that I am in him. And, and so Knowing that I already am coming from this place of belonging, knowing that I already have that security and that foundation and knowing who God says that I am, that gives me a confidence. So no matter what I face, no matter what's said about me, no matter what adversity is going on around me, like I have that security that's unshakable, that's unbreakable. And so for me, when I've been in situations when I've had probably the worst things that anyone could ever say to someone being said to me. I, I have been able to stay so rooted and grounded and not lose that confidence and not lose that faith because I know who I belong to. And I know where my security comes from. I know where my identity comes from. And so I'm not so desperately clinging to the words and the um, accusations and the, and the things of other people or in my circumstances. And I've had, you know, if I, if I was just basing my confidence on my circumstances, I, my confidence would be like a roller coaster, just up and down, never consistent, never constant, because our, our lives are just, they're always going to be highs and lows, right? Like it's always going to be inconsistent because there's so much we can't control. There's so much we can't predict because it involves other people. It involves other things. And so for me, it, it really comes down to like 
remaining true to who I am, remembering who I am. And so in moments of pressure, in moments of adversity, going back to that place, I think also going back to the place of, you know, why am I here and what do I believe? And, and remembering that it is not about me, that it is about something bigger than me, I think always puts things into perspective for me. And then the third thing I think has been really helpful is just making sure I'm surrounded by, by godly people or making sure I'm surrounded by life-giving people making sure I'm around people who are, you know, constantly reminding me of who I am and that are pushing me to be better. Not people that are just like, oh, sweetie, I'll pray for you, but people that will actually come alongside of me and walk through the fire with me. That'll, you know, be on the mountaintops with me, be able to celebrate me, but also being able to help me when I'm at my lowest. And so for me, I think those would be the three things is identity, remembering my why purpose. And then the third is surrounding myself with good people, I think is, is so important. I think, you know, you kind of even alluded to this earlier, but who you are is what you're going to attract. And so it is really important for you to know who you are and for you to invest in yourself well, because that is going to be what you attract around you, but also realizing that what you're around is going to affect who you are. And so your environment plays a role on, you know, your identity and plays a role in who you're becoming. And so it is really important to take a look at your surroundings and make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are going after what you're going after and that are on the same path and track of, you know, who you're trying to become. Right. Absolutely. And the last question I kind of want to get into kind of is the question that I think people struggle with the most that I think can help in the, in every single area, pretty much that we've talked about, whether it's caring about what other people think, whether it's the adversity, overcoming adversity, whether it's dealing with, with pressure, whatever it is, is this, this, this idea of, am I enough? And so, so many times people get so beaten down after a breakup or they lose a job or somebody says something on to them on social media that has them so down in the dumps that they can't get out of it. So I know that you're you you being rooted obviously in your relationship with with the creator and who you are is the staple for you when it comes to this. But I know you I know you like to work out. I know you like to challenge yourself. So what are some other things that you do or, or have done on a regular basis to help get you back to a place where you're feeling your best? Yeah, I love that because I I do think that we can have a moment of, you know, realizing oh, this is who I am. But it is very easy sometimes for that to get blurred or for that to be kind of, I guess, overlooked or lost when, you know, we're so busy, one, looking at other people, giving into comparison, looking at what other people have, or we just lack the discipline of, of really making that choice of choosing to be confident and, and fighting for our identity and I think for me, yes, I have had that moment of this is who I am. This is who God says I am. But of course, like there's going to be so many things in life that are going to try and take from that and pull from that and rob me of that. And I think we're always going to lose what we don't value. And there's going to be so many people in life that don't value us and that don't see our worth. And my challenge to those who read my book is to know you know, you were made for this moment, but there's going to be a lot of people who don't believe you were made for this moment or who don't, who don't believe in you. But as long as you believe in you and as long as you accept you, as long as you know your value and your worth, then no one else can take away from that. Then no one else can change that. And so I want to see, you know, people rise up in confidence knowing that, but also knowing it's an everyday choice. 
And we can't just go off of our feelings. We have to choose, okay, today I choose to be confident. I choose to be rooted in this foundation and in this, in this belief that this is who I am, no matter what other people say, no matter what other people do, whether they accept me or reject me. And that's been so big for me. And so in making those daily decisions, you know, there's some disciplines in practice. And, you know, a lot of people will ask me, you know, Maddie, how do you stay motivated? How are you so like, you know, motivated to, to work out, to, to eat healthy, to, you know, you know, speak at events and places to write a book. And I always say, I'm not motivated. I'm disciplined. And there is a difference because I believe that motivation is this feeling, it's this high. And it's not that like motivation is great. I love, I love when I feel motivated. That's amazing. But there's also a lot of days where I don't feel motivated, but I make the decision anyways, because I am choosing discipline over temporary feelings because I'm looking at the long-term effects. I'm looking at the long-term goals. And I think that's something that not enough of us value that I really want to encourage more people to value. I think it's so easy to look at other people and be like, oh, dang, you know, I, I wish I was as confident as her, or I wish I had, you know, a body like him, or I wish I, I could do what, what she does or he does. And the truth is, well, you, you can't, but you have to make some sacrifices and you have to make some choices and you have to create disciplines in your life to help you achieve that and to get there and to stop just going off of your feelings all the time. Like there's so many moments where I don't want to wake up and read my Bible. There's so many moments I don't want to wake up and go work out. Like that's probably honestly five out of the seven days of the week. If I'm being honest, like there's just a lot of days where I don't feel like it, but I make the decisions because I know who I am and who I want to be. I know my long-term goal. I know why I'm here and what I'm called to do. And so I think it's always going to go back to that. And so I would just encourage, you know, those listening is create those disciplines in your life and make a decision every day to stick to those. And instead of going off of your feelings, ask yourself, what do I value most? And what are my long-term goals and vision? And then what can I create in the everyday moments that will help me get there? And I think it's easy to just see this like lofty goal and dream that seems so far away and be like, oh, I could never get there. Like it's impossible. I could never write a book. I could never start a podcast. I could never make a difference. And I'm like, well, not with that attitude, first of all, but also not with just thinking about it as this long off dream and lofty goal, but rather, okay, what is a step I can take today that will help me take, that will help me get one step closer to achieving it. And just taking the day-by-day steps, I think consistency is everything. And, and just starting now, like just, just start now, don't wait till tomorrow, start now, and then just be consistent. Even if it is just a really, really small step, even if it's just a walk on the treadmill every day for 10 minutes, even if it's just reading one verse out of the Bible a day, every day, whatever it is, like just a small step every single day, being consistent will help you get closer and closer to that, that big dream you have. And her book is called made for this moment. And I I love what you just said. Because the power of taking so many small steps over time is what actually adds up to achieving these big goals. It's great to have these five-year goals, these 10-year goals, these lifetime goals, but there's not one person that achieves these things that doesn't do the necessary things on a daily basis. And I know in your book, when you talk about discipline, you talk about these different buckets of health that you fill when, when you're you know, creating your schedule. And the last thing I kind of want to say on that and then we'll wrap up is this, is that like, I think we have four pillars of health. We have our emotional health. We have our spiritual health. We have our mental health. And we have our physical health. You could be emotionally healthy and 
you know, regulate your emotions well. You can be mentally healthy and, you know, kind of manage your stress and be disciplined in that area of your life with what you're doing. You can be spiritually healthy and, and pray and believe in God and do all those things. But if you're not, you, they can't make you physically healthy, right? So those three things will not make, automatically make you physically healthy. But what I will say is this, if you take care of your body and you work out and you actually stay disciplined to that, it will enhance your spiritual health. It'll enhance your emotional health and your, it'll enhance um, your mental health. And so I think that's a, a good place for us to stop because like your book, it encapsulates all of this. Like, yes, your belief in Jesus and being a Christian is a foundation and is at the root of your book, but you also go into so many other, you know, practical tips to help people in other areas of their lives. So Maddie, this has been awesome. Definitely everybody go check out her book, give her a follow on social media. If people want to connect with you and buy the book, where's the best place for them to do that? So if you check out my Instagram, I do have a link in my bio. My Instagram is just at Maddie Prue and my website is in my bio, or you can just look up made for this moment on Amazon and find it there. So, or you can find a bookstore near you. It is also in bookstores. So amazing. Well, I will make sure to include um, the link to your site in the show notes. And uh, I really encourage people to go check out her book, give her a follow on social media, and then also share a takeaway something that you learned from this episode. Maybe it was something that Maddie said about pressure. Maybe it was something that she said about like how she sets herself up and builds that foundation. Maybe it was something that she said about, you know, some of the steps she takes to believe that she's enough, whatever it was, uh, tag Maddie, tag myself, because we'd love to hear your feedback. And we once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Advantage. I'm your host, Doug Bobes, and we'll see you next time.